Hey, Greg, when and why did you decide to start 1211 Fitness? 2019, I was in the process of um, building out my own home gym. And I'd been in sheet metal fabrication for close to a decade at that point. And so I had a lot of resources that I was able to use. And when I was shopping around for fitness equipment, I just saw a lot of the stuff that was out there and where it was priced. And I wasn't really at a place to spend most of that money. And I could make most of the stuff myself. So that's kind of what I started doing. Um, I had CAD training at work and I had access to all that stuff. And so I just started designing up some racks and built myself a rack and started getting into different accessories and just kind of went from there. And then I just decided that uh, I'd try putting it up on Amazon is um, back when shortly after my wife and I got married, we had kind of started doing a little bit of Amazon on the side. We would do uh, what they call retail arbitrage where you would go out and like buy things on clearance and then you'd flip it on Amazon. And so I had some experience on Amazon and a little bit kind of know kind of how their pricing model works in order to make it work for you. And I also knew that one of the best ways to make money on Amazon is to actually be able to make your own product where you can control inventory. And so doing some research on Amazon, I was able to find some um, advantageous avenues to go at. So that's kind of where I started. Cool. And what was that? So actually, back to the power rack. How how did you end up making that power rack? Was that out of steel or was that wood? No, it was steel. Steel. The first one I made, I made as a like a folding one that would fold into the wall, thinking that it could be. I have a small garage, so I thought it would be advantageous. But I think what I found out is that folding racks seem nice, but you never really actually fold them. Right. So it's kind of like you had this half rack mm-hmm. sitting there this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive. Went straight to the foldaway rack, though. Um, <laughs> all right, so you started kind of playing with Amazon. Did you call your company Twelve Eleven Fitness yet, or when when did you actually decide to take that next step as to like call it a business? And why did you end up going with the the name you chose? Yeah. So once I was ready to actually start making products to put on Amazon is when I kind of started to uh, think around a little bit on how and what I wanted to name it. And 1211 is based on a Bible verse on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. And so I went with that and just called it 1211 Fitness. Cool. So what was that first product you ended up putting on Amazon? Yeah. So the first product I made were actually the barbell hangers that I have. I have a, the first one was a single hanger. And well, actually backtrack a little bit. The first product I made on Amazon was actually a landmine. And I learned a lesson from that because I went into that thinking it was worth more than people were actually willing to pay for it. I mean, I would say it was a good product, but most Amazon shoppers aren't really going on there to pay a premium for a good product. They would rather just pay as little as possible. Mm -hmm. So like I made... I don't know if I made like 20 or 25 of them and I put them up on Amazon. And then eventually it got to a point where I had to price it to where I wasn't really making any money. I just needed to clear the inventory. But then the first real product that actually like sold for me was my single hanger. And that was just me wanting one for my own garage. Yeah. And when I did research for it, the only one out there that I could find that was even on Amazon was PRX has theirs on there, but it doesn't have UHMW. 
And so I was like, well, I'll just have to make my own then. And then pricing what I was able to get a price from my, the place that I work because they can produce them for me on what it would cost to have one made, get the UHMW cut, get screws for it, get it machined with the, the countersink and stuff, and then getting it powder coated. And it was at a price point where I could pretty easily sell it for even less than PRX was selling theirs for and make money. So at that point, they were the only other ones on there that were selling a single hanger. That's pretty interesting that they were the only only options out there. Yeah, if you look now, like over this last, especially <laughs> since 2020, like it has just been mm-hmm. inundated with cheap knockoffs. <laughs> Got it. So PRX sell, sold it for what? Do you remember what you came in and you undercut it a little bit, I'm sure, but, but not yeah. too much. Right. Yeah, I think they were selling theirs for like $39. And you can get different Amazon software for like sellers where you can kind of get a general idea of how much, how many they're moving in like a month. And so based on that, I was like, well, they're selling some, like it wasn't like a ton, but I mean, when I made that one, yeah, I came in, maybe I forget if it was like 34, $35 I sold them for on there. And so I was able to turn that around pretty quickly. Like, I think I made 25 of them with my first set. And within about a month, I was putting in another order for more. And then shortly after that is when I came out, I just expanded to the double hanger because I think there was one competitor on Amazon with that at that time. And that was another American company, but again, no UHMW. So it's just a big selling point. So I knew I had a big advantage in that. And so those were the two main ones that I sold for the first good year and a half. Got it. And then... Okay, so year and a half. So that that kind of runs into like COVID starting, right? So obviously, I mean, you weren't like a huge, you weren't like loaded up with work or, you know, wasn't taking over your life quite yet, I'm guessing, um, with busyness. Right. But I'm curious to hear how, like, how did you react to March of 2020, did you end up going all in or, yeah, I'm just curious to hear how that, how that changed things for you. Yeah. 2020 was such a crazy year. I want to say my single hangers, I came out with in August of 2019, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the double hangers are maybe like two months later. And so they were doing pretty well. Like I felt like they were doing well for what, for what they were. Like I wasn't making like a ton of money, but it was a nice little side project and it didn't take a lot of time. Yeah, like it was pretty steady. And then towards the end of February, it started to uptick a little bit. And then those first couple weeks of March, and that's when things really started shutting down. And it just went crazy. (laughs) I went from selling, I don't know the exact figures anymore, but I want to say in February, I might have done maybe a couple thousand dollars in sales. And peak 2020, it was forty, fifty thousand dollars in sales, and that was mainly just my hangers, which is just nuts that there was that many of these stupid little hangers selling. It's <laughs> <is> crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, when did you evolve into another product? Yeah. So about halfway through twenty twenty. So first, it became trying to figure out how big this bubble is and how soon it was going to stop. Mm-hmm. And so the the real big first like 
agonizing decision was I realized I just can't keep up with inventory because it was selling pretty much as fast as I could get them in there. And so I had to go from putting in a PO of $1,000 or so to putting in a PO of like twelve dollars to $15,000. And that scared the crap yeah. out of me, knowing that if things just open back up and it goes back to normal and the sales just stop, all of a sudden I had this massive invoice I have to pay and no way to pay it. But I put in the first order, big one, and probably within a month I had to put in another one that was of equal size because it takes three or four weeks to get that much product made. So it was constantly just trying to keep up and packing things as fast as I could. Amazon had shut down their warehousing to anything that wasn't considered essential, which included fitness equipment. So generally I do fulfilled by Amazon, which they allow me to send stuff to their warehouse and then they fulfill it for me. Right. And, but that was taken away. So I was now had stuff piled up in my garage and every morning I was taking 20 to 30 boxes or so and slapping labels on them and dropping them off at the post office on a break at work or something and just trying to keep up as fast as I could. So I just, I was trying to come up with more ideas and how to expand. And I ended up developing my squat wedges, which the idea for that again just came because it was something that I wanted and I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Most squat wedges that I could find at that time were just like your either foam wedges, which is like more like a yoga thing, or it was like um, like molded plastic, which I didn't really like. And so I developed the squat wedges that I sold, and those took off pretty quickly. And I think I was able to time that really well because it seems like I think it was right over that time when knees over toes guy was starting to really pick up. Uh-huh. And so it really went well with the stuff that he teaches. And again, I was one of the only ones on Amazon that was able to sell these or that was selling these at that time. So it's a lot of luck, but it also worked out really well for me in that I was able to hit it at the right time. And then they just kind of took off. And it was probably the end of 2020 when I made my, um, my sandwich style squat or, uh, J cups, J cups. Yeah. And the only reason I really came out with those was because looking around, nobody had them in stock. Yeah. So I just decided, well, I'll just make some myself. And so I started developing those. And that was around the time that I was going to, that I actually rented out a shop space finally to get out of my garage. And so doing that allowed me to start to do welding myself which takes out a massive cost and makes it a lot easier to make it at a cost-effective price. And so I started getting into, that's how I got into the J-Cups and just kind of went from there. Gotcha. Were you working full-time or like, was this your job at this point? No, it was, so through most of 2020, I was still full-time at my job. And towards the end of 2020, like once we got to quarter three, I started taking off Fridays for my job to give myself an extra day to actually put into packing things. And then by the end of 2020, I went to three days at my job and two days at my shop. And that was where it pretty much stayed for the last few years then. Okay. I guess that was nice. You could at least do that. So you also mentioned just you were 
during 2020, you were fulfilling them from your garage, right? Right. Um, so I guess, I guess I, I would, I'd be curious to hear what does like just the creation process, let's just start with your first products, the, the um, barbell holders. What does it take to create the barbell holders um, from your garage and then ship them? Um, I'm just curious about the overall process in general. And then maybe if you're, I'm not sure, were you able to get out of the garage? And then how did it look after? The first thing is it obviously just takes the idea, which I went over a little bit. And from there, it's about making up some SolidWorks models and getting your dimensions where you need them and trying to think through all the different, trying to make it as useful as possible to as many people as possible. So it's like, what size do you make the cutout for the barbell? And and uh, what size plastic do you use? And what size bolts should you use to hang it to make sure it's secure? And then once you kind of figure all that out, then you're able to, what I would, what I did is I would send it to uh, one of the guys I work with who does quoting, and then he would take what I have and he can quote me for the getting them laser cut, getting them formed, and getting them powder coated. And so they would get me a price for that on, and that changes obviously a lot depending on how big your orders are. So for I, I forget what they were even, even were at that time, but I was able to make the single hangers. I think once it was all said and done, it ended up being maybe about ten bucks a piece, something like that. Um, originally, when I was when I made my first couple batches, I had the uh, UHMW water jet cut, and the issue with that is it leaves like a white residue on the side of the UHMW that doesn't look very nice. And so eventually, I ended up going away from that, and I found. A local guy close to me who sell who uh, does um, uh, router cutting. He has a like a CNC router, and so he was able to cut the UHMW for me. And then he was able to put all my um, my corner rounds and stuff on it and all that stuff. And so it made a much nicer product. Yeah, I ended up sending him a bunch of UHMW, and he just cut a whole bunch of them for me. And yeah, your your product just kind of continues to grow over time. You keep tinkering with it and making little adjustments here and there and yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes sense. And then basically you assembled it in your garage, shipped it either through Amazon or, or like from your, from your house, right, I'm guessing. Right. The only thing I ended up having to do was put the UHMW on. Everything else was taken care of. So those okay. products were nice in that they were small, lightweight, and not a whole lot of work on my side. Okay. What about when you, you got something to like the Jacobs? Was, did that require a little bit more assembling or even like the roller Jacobs I know that you sold? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely take a lot more because you have to take in the strength that it needs to be able to endure goes up a lot. I mean, we're not talking about a 45 pound dump or barbell anymore. We're talking about some of these big boys out there who are lifting six, <laughs> 700, 800 pounds. I need to make sure these guys aren't going to die using my product. So for that, I have I have a coworker that I was able to run a lot of things through. He had a lot of experience in welding throughout his lifetime, and so I was able to kind of like, hey, this is the design I'm looking at. This is what I want to do. Like, what's the best way to make a strong product that's going to look nice and that'll hold up under intense pressure? And so then it was just tinkering with it and trying to find out the easiest way to make it 
to make a bunch of them where it's repeatable and to make everything just look like it goes together and like it works and it's easy to assemble and everything works the way it should. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So back to like the, the timeline, uh, you, we, we kind of shut it off toward, or we kind of stopped talking about at the end of 2020, I mentioned you started creating some like even roller J cups. You have some offset J cups, a few other, and a few other things. I'm, I'm curious to hear just like, how did that ultimate ultimately progress? Was it one new product every few months or, and then also just like, what was your inspiration? Was it, was it continually just like, Oh, I need this. And I, I think I'll try to make it. Yeah. So ideas for products, the two that generally worked out the best for me, or if it is, if it's a product that I want and can't find. And so I just want to make it, or it's a customer will contact me and say, Hey, I want something like this, but I can't either the options that are out there are just too expensive or there aren't other uh, options out there. And so like when I like made my lever curl bars, that was just a customer contacting me and saying, Hey, there's a company in Europe that makes one of these, but the shipping and customs and all that stuff just makes it unaffordable for me. And I can't find anybody in the U S that makes them. Could you, would you be interested in looking at this? And so then it's just me sitting down and looking at what the process actually takes. Like, is this something I can make at an affordable price and then sell at an affordable price and still make the profit based on how much time I'm actually putting in? Is it worth my time? And so like I was able to develop something for that. Um, the roller J cups was similar and it was also something that I wanted, but didn't want to spend what most people sell them for. Yeah. It's taking inspiration from how other companies make them and then trying to figure out how I can do it a little bit better or differently or do it in a way that it will be a lot more, that's not going to take away from the function of it, but will make it a lot more price friendly. Gotcha. Um, and then the next ones would have been the offset, the offsets. Yeah. And that was again, just a customer saying, Hey, nobody makes these. Could you make me one? And so then it was just, I had some time one day. I wasn't sure how much I was going to get into it because I didn't have a lot of time on my hands generally. But the one day I had some time because I was waiting on a truck to show up to pick up some stuff. And so I just started doodling on my computer and came up with this. I was like, Hey, I should send this over to him. See once if he likes this. And he said he did. And I, Gave him, I was able to figure out what it would take for me to make it or at least get a general idea so that this is basically what it's probably going to take for me to sell this to you. Like, are you still interested at that price? And he was. And so I was like, cool. So I made a set, put it up on my Instagram, and then all of a sudden got flooded with messages of people that wanted them. I was like, all right, well, this might actually be something. <laughs> and so it just kind of grew from there. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, definitely something that I wouldn't have ever like thought of, but yeah, me neither, you, but it's, it makes total, very, yeah, 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 it makes total sense once right. someone yeah has the idea. It's a very niche product. It's, it's only certain types of lifters really that it, that it has any real value to. Right. And, um, when I first made them, so originally I had bought this cheap little, Harbor Freight drill press that I bought for prototyping purposes. I wanted to be able to start doing prototypes myself because outsourcing prototypes is really expensive. Because if I get one piece or one or two pieces cut from laser cut or something, that might cost me a hundred dollars when it's 
cutting it in bulk might cost me three or four dollars, but that's kind of your price range. So it's all of a sudden it's like I might have to spend a thousand dollars to make a prototype of this, or I can do a lot of this myself with a chop saw and a drill press and make it for like ten bucks. And so that was my original drill that I was using to make these offsets. And the drill did not last very long. And within a couple of months, it had pretty much broken entirely. And so I had to quickly scramble to upgrade drill <laughs> press as I had all these open orders that were waiting on shipment. Uh-huh. I'm sure that was nerve-wracking. And, and also just like the prototype um, dilemma you have where you don't even know if the product's going to end up working out right. is, is, I'm sure, a ton of stress. So I reached out to you recently after you posted that you're shutting down shop after about three years of, or so of, of creating and delivering pretty innovative products. So we kind of heard the, the timeline of about the last few few years. Would love to just hear why you ultimately decided to put a hold on it for now at least. Yeah, yeah so there's really a host of reasons. One is that since 2020, the drop-off in sales, especially on Amazon, has been drastic. For the last couple of years, Amazon has been consistent, and it's been what has paid the bills, essentially. And, I, and I've been able to use enough from that to actually pay myself for my time. I'm in a single-income family, so my family relies entirely on me to make the money and it was getting to the point where I was no longer really able to pay myself for my time in my business and everything that was coming in was needed just to keep up with monthly bills. And I still saw potential in growing the business, but it's going to be a lot of work, hard work, and it's going to take a lot of time. And I'm already sacrificing a lot of time with my family. And it just kind of got to the point where I was tired and my kids are all young and so it was just, all right, I think it's time to step back from this and focus on what's most important right now. Yeah, makes sense. How long have you been considering this? It's kind of been in the back of my head for probably probably close to six months. I, like, I wouldn't say I was seriously considering it for six months, but I've, I saw the way the trend was going and it didn't seem like it was getting better. Yeah, like this past year especially, just been a lot of work especially with the offsets they take a lot of time to make and i kind of make them to order and so really since about february whenever they came out most of my time in my shop was spent on making those and then any little spare time i could find was assembling other things and getting stuff shipped out as much as i could so ultimately in order to really be able to grow the business from where it is now it's just I knew how much work it was going to take and how much time it was going to take. And it's one of those things where if I was single, I could spend my nights and weekends working on this and it wouldn't bother me, but I wasn't going to ask my wife and kids to do that. Makes sense. What do you think was the, and it can be a combination of things, but the primary reason for drop off, drop off was just everyone got what they needed during the COVID spike massive amounts of knockoffs you, you mentioned earlier with the barbell storage options any anything else like or were those primarily the two things or could you name a few reasons why um 
why the market's just so much more competitive these days? Yeah, I would say those would be the two main reasons for Amazon, especially would be the knockoffs and the demand for them obviously was going to drop. I mean, I knew it was a bubble. And so I knew that it was, I wasn't going to be doing those kind of sales numbers consistently, but I didn't expect it to fall back to where it, to as much, as much as it did. But like, I mean, if you just search barbell hangers on Amazon now, like you will find a half a dozen or more like $20 options where it's just like, they're basically all using the same Chinese manufacturer and just slapping a different label on it and selling it for $20 or $25. And I just saw it was a race to the bottom and I wasn't interested in playing that. So yeah, it it just kind of kept trending that way. And consistently for probably the last year and a half, every month it would be a little bit less, a little bit less. It wasn't like a drastic, like all of a sudden, it dropped mm-hmm. to zero, which is like a little bit at a time every month. It would just get a little bit less. And so finally it just got to the point where it's like, this is barely paying right. anything. Yeah. All right. I have a, a few other kind of, kind of one-off questions about your time and just what you did end up creating. So what's something that, what's something that um, you created that didn't quite take off like you would have expected? Yeah. So I made these, wall storage options for like weight plates and and uh, kettlebells that I thought was a really cool idea. Essentially it was like a two by three or one, I think it was a two by three plate that would, you would stick on the wall, a tube and it would have these little notches cut in it that you could take a, a round tube and you slide it in and turn it and it would tighten itself. And so you could use different attachment options. I had one that was just like a 12-inch pipe that you could put weights on, and you can space it however you want to. I think there was five or six different op- like height options. And you can space it however you want to, put these in, or you can get another hanger that's made for, like, um, kettlebells that has a little cutout in it that you can put your kettlebell in. And so I thought it was a really cool idea. Like, I have them in my gym, and they work really nicely, <laughs> but, like, I bought all this inventory of them because I thought based on what I was seeing on like Amazon, I thought I, I thought I could probably sell these pretty well. And so I got a decent amount of them. They just kind of sat in my shop and a couple of them trickled out the door. But outside of that, they really didn't sell at all. <laughs> Are they still on Amazon right now? Uh, no, I think I took them down. They were on my website until recently. I think I'm probably just going to end up taking that stuff and just chucking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the other hand, how about something that did better than you expected? Well, it's probably hard to go with anything besides the barbell hangers. I never expected to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of these things. I mean, the other things, that would, I guess the offsets would be the other one. I didn't really expect to become a big item that did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did the did you end up uh, doing well with the roller J cups? Because those were really nice. They looked like yes, I did well with those. Sometimes it's hard for some of these items when you go in to start selling them. If it's kind of like a higher price item, I don't know how many people out there are looking to spend three hundred dollars on a set of roller J cups. At the time, there wasn't really a whole lot of options outside of Ghost, and I think Irwin was out at that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did well with them. I would say sales definitely went down a bunch when Rogue bought Ghost and dropped their prices a whole bunch. Yeah. But 
I, I sold through them really quickly once I dropped my price to sell out inventory. Makes sense. Do you have a favorite product that you created? I would probably say the Roller J-Cups. Those things I put a lot of work into, and they work really well. <laughs> Got it. There's a lot of All things right. in, in them that are that are interesting dilemmas to try to, especially for any attachment that goes on a rack, because every rack is different, it seems. And, like, especially when you start to get into, like, Rep and Titan, where you have chi um, Chinese or metric tubing and so that's just a little bit smaller than everything else and everything what especially with rollers it's important that everything fits snug and so i was able to troubleshoot some of that by coming out with a little shim that you can attach onto the back of your uhmw that offsets that little gap that you would get from a rep rack the biggest thing is to try to control everything that goes in between to where your tube goes in because it has to be consistent. And one of the problems I was having for a little while was that UHMW doesn't always come in and consistent. You can have as much of a 20 to 30 thousandths variance sometimes from mm. one end of the sheet to the other. And that can add up quite a bit once you're getting to two things sandwiching something. And so I was trying to troubleshoot that and yeah, just try to find ways to keep things consistent and accurate. Yeah, it's an interesting dilemma to try to work through. Got it. Yeah. Well, looks like you solved a pretty tough problem. <laughs> um, all right. So it was a few days ago you announced, or maybe a week or so ago that you announced you're closing up shop. Where are you at in terms of getting rid of supply? Do you think, is there a specific date you're absolutely done and it, whatever is sold is sold? Um, and I, it looks like on your website, some things are already sold out. So just a current state of uh, the exit would be great. Yeah. The Roller J Cups, the offset inventory I had left, um, most of my hangers. I have a few things around of some items. The mo what I have the majority of inventory of are some of my different variations of sandwich J Cups. Um, I have some 2x3 still around, some 2x2. And three by three with the five eighth pin, the one inch pin all sold out. Yeah, so yeah, the roller J cups are sold out, the offsets are sold out. I think I have a couple of landmines. Might have one single hanger left and maybe a half a dozen or so of the double hangers. Yeah, most of it sold. I was a little blown away at how fast it sold. I think by the end of Monday I had like hundred and twenty <laughs> open orders. It was crazy. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Did you get them all shipped out yet? No, not even no. close. <laughs> no. Well, that's great. That's good news. This is you ha you're working out of a shop now these right. days. Um you said you had to be out of there by when? The end of this month. Gotcha. So I got about four weeks to get everything out. I'm hoping not to spend all of my time welding and packaging shipments because I actually need to get rid of the stuff that's in the shop. <laughs> right. Right. So it might be a, it's going to be a crazy month without a doubt. Got it. Well, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> and then the, the last question I have is just, do you see yourself getting back into it ever again? I will definitely make stuff for myself. Whether or not I make stuff for other people, I don't know. I might be interested if somebody reaches out and has, hey, I need something like this, could you do it? And it kind of depends on how much is involved in it because I don't have the equipment anymore to like really get into most things. I do still have access to a welder. I'm still in sheet metal fabrication, so I have access to different machines if I need them. 
Yeah, definitely for myself, I will be. Cool. I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that that's it. Is there anything else you any any plugs you want to give before you go, or is there anything else you'd you'd like to say? Uh, no plugs. It's been a fun few years. I don't have regrets. I enjoy the community. People enjoyed the product, and it was really kind of mind-boggling to be contacted by people in Australia and Italy and Switzerland. People buying stuff from me from there is just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just a little one-man shop in Pennsylvania, and somehow these people are contacting me to ship things around the world to them. So that was really mind-boggling to me, but it's really been a fun, crazy couple of years. I bet. Well, Greg, thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. You got it.